no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Essentials. On today's show, we break down day three of the Senior Bowl practices here in Mobile, Alabama, and much, much more. Hey, duh. What's a good word, my guy? Day three of practice is in the bag. Glad to be out that weather because it did change from day one of practice. Listen, man, I don't even want to talk about that damn weather. I'm now under the weather because of being out there in that cold. My goodness. <laughs> Listen, we... We shouldn't have been bragging about day one, right? We came down here. We got slap happy because it was 70 degrees down here. Now I'm sick. Guess what I have to do, man? I have to go get you and I some hot chocolate out there, bro. Nah, I remember that. Yeah, you got the, you got the free hot chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. He ain't going to get us nothing. He went and got some free hot chocolate because <laughs> he was sweet talking the vendor over there. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Someone respects the very centers. That's all, man. <laughs> Yes, sir. I love that. That was, that was a good rebuttal. Love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Spoken like a true politician. Love it. <laughs> yes, sir. But as we were talking about a second ago, third and final practice of the 2023 Senior Bowl, the Senior Bowl and their staff has been very accommodating to us. We've been able to get some really good interviews this week, but I got a little bit of a bone to pick with them. So, audience, we find out 10 minutes before the final practice wraps up that we would not have media availability. And A-Dub and I had a couple of guys that we had really been focusing in on for day three practices that we wanted to get that content out to you guys. And we did not get that opportunity because we find out that we would not have that media access at the end of the second practice today. Bumped me out. I'm sorry. A-Dub and I did the best that we could, man, but... What can you do, man, when they close a door in your face? Even security found out late about it, so it's unfortunate. It is. Like I said, I don't like it. I think there needs better communication. I'm not trying to sit here and, and make a big stink about things because, like I said, I'm thankful and grateful that we have the opportunity to be down here covering this event. But I also think that there also needs to be a level of respect that's shown to the media, and I think 10-minute notice – I, I think that's unacceptable, and I just think that we should do better, and I think that they can do better than that going forward. And I hope they, you know, make some changes next year. Now, some interviews that we did get to do from the earlier practice, I got a chance to chop it up with Isaiah Foskey. I know all these. I was like, yeah, Prince got a chance to talk to his guy from Notre Dame. It was a good <laughs> conversation, and we talked about some of the things that he's worked on this week, some of the things that he was focusing on, and as you guys remember, when I brought him up on our day one recap, I told A-Dub, I said, look, man, this guy's performing well, but I don't see any kind of way he is up here in Chicago. Isaiah Foskey, I think, is probably locked up a first-round draft grade here down in Mobile this week. But the thing that resonated with me the most about this kid, outside of being a very sharp interview, is that he lit up when I mentioned his coach, Marcus Freeman. And 
I love that, man, because it, it goes to show you that their relationship between him and Marcus Freeman went beyond coach and player. It seemed like Marcus yeah. Freeman was able to connect to him on a real level. And the thing that Isaiah Foskey even uttered was he said that while he hasn't seen how Mike Tomlin has interacted with his players, which he signaled to me that he's spoken with Mike Tomlin, he says that he kind of compares Mike Tomlin and Marcus Freeman and their mannerisms and their mindset together. So he kind of compares those two and their mannerisms and their mindset. And I kind of thought, and I said, well, you know what? You guys already know how I feel about Mike Tomlin. I have a ton of respect for him. I right. always say that he's the CEO of that team. He gets the hell out of the way. And I'm wondering if that's how Marcus Freeman runs things in Notre Dame. So anyway, audience, I had the chance to talk with Isaiah Foskey. Super impressed by him. And then Ade, Adebore, out of Northwestern. I talked to y'all about him on the day two episode, A-Dub. This kid has made himself a shit ton of money this week. My God, he's a bulldozer. I talked to the audience just yesterday about how this guy was cooking on the interior, how he's a little bit undersized, but he still gets it done. What did he do today, A-Dub? Talk to him. Man, did he not embarrass Patterson, Prez. I mean, it was so bad, bro, that Patterson retaliated <laughs> because of that embarrassment. But I tell you, man, I don't worry was making things happen out there in those one-on-one -on -one drills. I mean, he was just crushing through. You saw the power. I mean, he had himself a day. And I'm sorry, but the way I look at it is Patterson had no choice but to retaliate because if you push me back 15 yards off the line of scrimmage like that, I got to fight you too because you just basically <laughs> took my lunch. You just basically ate that shit right in front of me and dared me to do something about it. I'm sorry, but a man has to have a code. So, Patterson, salute to you on, on standing up for yourself. But, bro, <laughs> you were, that didn't happen just one time, A-Dub. It happened twice. Yes. I'd been ready to fight. I'm sorry. I'd have been ready to fight. Look, I'm not mad at Patterson at all, man. But God take your George. You go get your George back, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> Listen, I you you think I was gonna tell my grandmother that after she has spent a hundred dollars on some shoes that I let somebody take something from me? All right, okay. See, Patterson, <laughs> you let this man go out here. He this right now in, in Mobile, Alabama, when you got this senior bow, you gotta look at this. The person that's lining up across from you is trying to take your money. And I'm talking about out of out of Bore, he was looking at Jared Patterson like he was something to eat. <laughs> when he coming in like that. And you win convincingly like that, Perez, man, bro, that speaks volume. But from a passive standpoint, you got to find a way to bounce back, bro, off of something like that. Now, I will say that Patterson's had a solid week of practices. I think he'll be okay. Learning experience. But I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't bode well for him if he struggled with an undersized interior lineman. Yeah. That's something that he put on film. That's something he's going to have to answer to. You just want to put, them, put that behind them very quickly and bounce back very quickly. But it's all about the film and the, the tape you can put out there. So I will say this, Chris, he better show up in the game. Now, I want to segue over real quick to Jalen Duncan. This is a guy that I talked to the audience about day one. I thought he was dominant in one-on-one drills. Man, this guy right here is so imposing. Really, really big-time talent. I think he's had himself a great week. A-Dub, you got a chance to chop it up with Jalen. He talked a lot about, you know, the fact that a lot of these um, defensive linemen try to go around him, but they find out that they're not quick enough to do so. So they try to power themselves through him. 
And he said pretty much during day three, you know, he was well prepared for that and embraced it. He was like, hey, that's the only way of trying to get me. So I'm ready for it. I'm preparing for that. And once again, audience, I know y'all going to think that, man, Perez has a Big Ten bias. I don't. I'm just telling you that these guys are showing up and showing out. Hey, he's a University of Maryland product. He's showing the heat, man. <laughs> he's making the Big Ten proud. Just yet another example of a Big Ten player stepping up, just like my boy Ada Ada Bore. And then A.W. got a chance to talk to our boy J.L. Skinner, safety out of Boise State. All this kid does is hit. Hit and hit. Is, first of all, he's tall as hell, right? You know that already, Press. You talk about his height. It's a big kid, man. And uh, with his height, you know, he's a guy that played basketball, you know, um, growing up. And he talked about how being able to play basketball, how this has helped him as a football player. And in fact, it has helped him with his quickness. It has helped him with his jumping ability. So those are some of the things he's trying to utilize when he go get some of these um, wide receivers. And lastly, the most important thing that my man told you is, he can't wait to go out there and play in that game because he wanted to hit somebody because that's what he does best. When yes. I saw that and heard that, I was like, ooh, I like that. I like <laughs> it. That kid got good signs on That's what you like about, you know, a DB. You know, you and I have always talked about those kind of things, man. So, someone in secondary who can hit, who love to hit press. That's always a good trait because, you know what, that time is always coming when you're out there on the field. Now, I got one more last little thing to say about some of the guys that we had the chance to chop it up with. My boy, Ada Adabore. Now, I asked him about his favorite spot in Chicago to eat. He gave me a name of a place in Evanston. So, Adi, if you listen to this show, Prez got you on a spot for Chicago, and I'm going to take you. So, if you're going to take me up on it, hit us up on our DM. Now, you got to come to Chicago to have some Chicago eating. You can't tell me about a place in Evanston. I left you off the hook on the field. <laughs> when you said that, I kind of smirked at you, bro. DM us. I'm going to take you to get some real Chicago food, bro. Definitely. Perez got you. <laughs> hey, it's on, my, it's on my tab. I got you, brother. I got you. So, Ada, talk to me, man. Day three standouts. What say you? I'm going to go ahead and start with the defensive line, Perez. Nesta Severo, Arizona State. I thought he played extremely well Perez in one-on-one drills. He, he'd been playing pretty well up until that point, had a solid first practice, had a solid second practice, and I thought he took it to the next level in the third practice. He came out and played well. Yeah, you know what, A-Dub, I mean, that was a good one. He was definitely very, very stout. Um, audience, you guys already know how I feel about my boy out of Bore. I mean, that guy right there, just such an intriguing prospect. Not going to repeat that anymore because you guys already know. But Keon White, Defensive lineman from Georgia Tech. We got to stay on the defensive line on this because that is an area that A-Dub and I told you that we were focusing on here for day three. It's a huge area of need for our Chicago Bears. I thought Keon White, A-Dub, was one of the biggest winners yeah. this week. I'm talking about, man, he has been a problem. Those offensive linemen have not been able to contain him. He can see that trend today. What you like about Keon is that speed he has. He can get around, he got the quickness spreads, get around some of these um, offensive alignment. He utilized a lot of his tools today. And it's just good to see him throughout the, again, throughout the practices to show that kind of a level of improvement and to make things happen out there. One more defensive tackle I got, and I'm going to let A-Dub finish us off here with our defensive line. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin had another strong day on the interior. 
And I'll tell you one thing, man, the big thing for him, and this is something that I had to zoom in and watch. I was out there with my binoculars like a creep. Don't even fucking start me on this. But yes, I did break out the binoculars. A double tell you, I was on the five-yard line when they were over there doing their drills. And the one thing that I noticed with him, not just the burst off the line of scrimmage, but his hand technique. Very yes. violent with the hands, very quick with the hands. And like I said, man, very impressive player. And another Big Ten player I know on this. I can't help it. I just I just only can tell you what I think. I can only tell you who I think has shown up and shown out. And Keanu Benson was one of those guys. And that kid is strong and extremely physical. I saw him on some of those one-on-one drills, bursting through press, using that hand technique to get around. I said, that's a lot of power coming to the offensive lineman's way. Another guy on the off on the defensive line that I thought did well, Perez, who done well the first day, who was solid the second day of practice, is Andre Carter. I know we mentioned his name, Perez. Oh. But I, but I thought this third practice, he really showed a lot of his quickness. I mean, he was getting around those offensive linemen. Once he hit to the edge, Perez, it was kind of hard for them. You saw in some of those team drills how he was able to get around and. It was tough for the quarterback, you know. The quarterback had to continue, you know, to scramble because when he came through, man, you know, it just wasn't that easy. But I will say, man, he did come out, showed out, played well. And he was also solid in one-on-one drills, too. Andre Carter has such an interesting story, though. I'm glad you brought his name back up. I heard that he had to petition the government to enter the NFL draft because he's in the Army. And, you know, right. generally when you're in the Army, when you graduate – you have to serve. They passed a bill, which don't even get me started on what the bill is and all the, the minutia of the bill, but point blank, they passed the bill to allow him to enter the 2023 NFL draft. The kid's gone out there. Man, he is taking advantage of his opportunity, and he's opened up doors for future guys that are in the Army that they may not have to serve. They might be able to have that entry point into the NFL. So, hey, this guy's a trailblazer as well. The fact that he gets an opportunity, he gets a chance. Hey, I'm glad those rules are starting to change, man, because you know how it is. A lot of these obsolete rules, man. You know, you got glad to see that they're coming up to part and giving people like, you know, Andre Carter an opportunity. So I got one more guy that I haven't talked to the audience about on the D-line, Jared Clark, Coastal Carolina. Now, this is a kid right here. You When you hear Coastal Carolina, you're thinking, well, Coastal Carolina, they're not known for being an NFL factory. Well, guess what? In this day and age, you can find NFL talent anywhere. And this kid's been a surprise because he's come out of nowhere and has really impressed people. As a pass rusher, he's been really solid. But I tell you that one area that I've seen him show up each day in Mobile is in the running game. He has been snuffing out the runs. He's been stopped. So, audience, keep Jared Clark on your radar. Man, this kid right here. It's going to be a nice nose tackle in the NFL. Got to give it to him, man. I'm glad to see that you called him out. And, you know, my boy Foskey from Notre Dame, I mean, all he did was made more sacks today. I mean, all this, I'm not even going to get into that <laughs> with him. He played well, but the Bears don't have a chance to draft him, potentially, unless they trade back up into the to the first round. But, man, Isaiah Foskey, man, it just continues to be a problem. A-Dub, what else you got for us, man, on the day? Let's talk about the offensive line. Let's talk about talk, it. Let's talk about it. Praise. This is one guy who I've not talked much about. But forgive me if I screw his name up because I'm going to try really hard on this. I know a lot of me. This guy has been going against a lot of people, Praise, 
on that offensive line. I mean, tough defensive line is coming his way. And he's been able to hold his own ground at center press. And I see him have some tough one-on-one -on -one battles. And he's standing there strong. I mean, holding his own ground, wasn't giving up anything. And he was also getting some good pushes out there. He also played a little guard as well, Perez. I think it was day two. But it just shows you he's also showing some of his versatility as well. But I got to call him out because I see him through these first, through, the, through these practices where he continued to go underrated, go, go under the radar, but still be effective. I mean, that's another Big Ten guy that you're calling out. I mean, this kid's from Michigan. And like I said, to me, he's been the best center by far that we've seen out there this yep. week, especially on that national squad, I would say. I would say he's been the best center on the national squad by far because the other centers haven't been able to snap the fucking ball. And they've also <laughs> had issues blocking people. That's so true. This guy right here. Now, I don't think he's been an impact player out there or anything like that, but I feel right. like he's consistent. He shows you that he's reliable, and that's what you needed as a, as a center position. So, yeah, that's a good call out uh, on uh, a lot of a lot of me. Uh, I think Duncan was another guy that we talked about already, but I will say with Duncan, man, he was another guy that played extremely well on the line. I thought he held his own ground. We saw him continue to get better. I mean, that's just a kid that wants to play. He wants to come out there and show what he's able to do. Yeah, the one thing with Duncan, I mean, he's had his ups and downs, but like I said, Thursday – uh, he had a really great day. It's not hard to see why people like this kid. It's not hard to see why A-Dub and I are big fans of his game because that combination of size and athleticism is it, it, scary. It really is. My last offensive lineman that I want to focus in on for the audience is McClendon Curtis, UT Chattanooga. I wish I would have got a chance to speak to him, but every time I looked around, you know, there was about five or six people in front of him. A-Dub, I ain't had time for all that. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to catch him on Saturday. Right, right. They sure were around to him, man. He had a lot of folks looking to uh, speak with him. But I'll tell you one thing. An, an example of another guy that hasn't been exactly flashy, but he doesn't give up, but he doesn't give up much ground, whether it's in the team sessions or in those one-on-ones. And audience, I'm telling y'all, I was over there with my binoculars. I saw every rep that took place during those one-on-ones. This guy right here, did not give up much ground in those reps. A lot of people can't say that. McClendon Curtis, keep that name on your radar, UT Chattanooga. I talked to you guys about Sidney Brown yesterday. Again, he's another guy that I think, well, a lot of people thought that he was kind of quiet the first two days. I, I thought the first two days he did a lot and he put a lot on film. But I thought today his performance, he had a breakout performance here today. You got to think about the assignments that he was given. They put him in a lot of tough spots. He was going against wide receivers, tight ends, but he won his matchups. There was a couple times where you saw where they was lining him up against the tight end for Purdue. So that tight end for Purdue, Payne Durham, there was a couple times that I saw Sidney Brown going hand up against him. And we saw what Payne Durham was able to do in this, in this practice today. This <laughs> guy has had a quiet week. I mean, at the tight end group. As, as a whole, has been quiet. But Payne Durham, he was like, hello, I got to do something. I got to put some film out there. That dude caught several deep balls, man. He caught one in that in the end zone right while I was over there with my binoculars. Yeah. Over two people, monster catch. And then he got up and did the grunt spike. I was like, okay, I see you, son. I see you. That was a huge play right there. For a second, I didn't think he caught it. But I looked again, I said, oh, he got it. He got it, friends. It's in his hands. That was a great catch, bro. 
But like I said, that to my point, though, or to the point, though, when you talk about a Sidney Brown, that's the kind of guy that they had him over there trying to cover. And it was a couple times, too. Now, I don't know if you saw the one reception that Durham had, and uh, Sidney Brown came over to try to put a hit on him, and uh, he lit him up. He lit Sidney Brown up. Sidney Brown, <laughs> he learned in that one, okay, you know, his levels to this, levels to this. But I don't give Sidney Brown credit. He did not show emotion. He walked off the field. He had, like, nothing never happened. That's all you got to do. Hey, <laughs> next play mentality, baby. Next play mentality. Absolutely, man. And to your point with Sidney Brown, he made a, a lot of plays out there for us. And I like the way he played in team drills. I mean, he was out there getting deflections. Yeah, like I said, day, days one and two, I thought he was solid. But today was a breakout performance for him. Yep. And I thought that he did himself a lot. I, I think for the week, he's done himself a lot of favors. But, like, honestly, man, this kid right here, any team would be lucky to have him. If the Bears found some kind of way to bring this guy on this team, boy, would I be happy. Boy, would I be happy. I know a lot of the audience. I'd be happy. There is no fear in Sidney Brown's heart. Hell he no. Go, he would go to anybody. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. That's what I like about him. I like the toughness out of this kid. No, nah, man. He, that kid, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. I talked yesterday about Jaden Reed. I mean, he's on everybody's list right now. All good. My boy Tank Dell wasn't in attendance. But those are the two guys right there in that wide receiver spot there on that national team. Those guys right there, mercy, mercy, mercy. They made themselves a shit ton of money. I, whenever I saw Tank Dell on the practice field, all I kept seeing in my eyes was dollar signs. Because I'm like, bro, you made yourself so much money this week. Yeah, Tank Dale, as you mentioned before, Perez, was just completely unstoppable. I mean, it was very tough for those DBs to contain him in one-on-one drills. Didn't really matter. I mean, once he got a step on them, it was over, bro. And you just like the quality of him as a wide receiver and how well he has been playing. My last wide receiver that I want to call out, the one that I haven't talked about yet on this, because I'm sure you guys are like, hey, man, you guys talked about some of these guys already. Michael Wilson is someone that I have not talked about yet, where I received from Stanford. Now, he's been right on the cusp of me being someone that I was going to talk about on the show, but he earned his notch here on Thursday. Great route runner, and he's been a tough cover. It's because of the poor quarterback play that we've seen off and on this week that some of the receivers, we haven't seen what they can really do out there. But I'll tell you one thing, Michael Wilson, he made the most of his opportunities today. One last guy for a national team that I was going to talk about at wide receiver, Trey Palmer from Nebraska. He's been a consistent winner, I would say, throughout the week here in Mobile. There was one part of his game, though, that was kind of missing for me. And on Thursday, I finally saw it all come together. I thought he did a great job of catching the football. That was something that I didn't see him do as good a job at. I like the fact that he was able to played through a lot of contact. I mean, he had no problem with going through that. Looks like he enjoyed the physicality of the game. And when those DBs got close on him, you can see that he was able to definitely break free. And that's what you like about a wide receiver when he's able to do those kind of things. The last wide receiver that I want to highlight here from the University of Nebraska is going to be Trey Palmer. Now, when I think about Trey Palmer, this is a guy that I thought has been really solid during the week. He's had his share of wins whether it was during one-on-ones, whether it was during or whether it was during team drills. However, there has been one part of his game that's been missing, and I thought Thursday he kind of put everything together. 
caught the football well, A-Dub, showed really good hands, showed off his athleticism. This kid is one that if he could put everything together, be an NFL team that's going to be really happy with the finished product because he's got a load of talent. Athleticism, he definitely has that. And you can really see a lot of that during the one-on-ones, uh, drills in today's practice. So he definitely stood out. Now let's segue over to the American team, right? So that was the second half of the practice day for us. And when I think of them, I think at wide receiver, I talked about Xavier Hutchinson yesterday. I thought he was the most impressive wide receiver on the field, period. Great route running. He made a lot of tough catches in traffic, which when I see that kind of shit, that makes me excited because that's somebody that's going to hold on to the fucking football. And like I said, he's easily established himself as one of the best receivers at the senior bowl. Right up there with my boy Tank Dim. You know what I mean? Right up there with Jaden Reed. Put Xavier Hutchinson right there with those guys. He had a phenomenal practice today and has had a really good week of practice. He can definitely one of those guys who can track it down, catch it. I mean, you just like the explosiveness out of him. So he's a guy with lots of talent, man, and I enjoy watching him in this third practice. Rashe Rice is another name that I gave you guys yesterday. He's continued to have a really strong week. Very good practice there on Thursday. I mean, the one thing is everybody talking about him leading up to the senior bowl talked about how great of an athlete he was, right, and how more athletic he was than Hutchinson. When I look at a guy like Rashe Rice, very talented kid and just an example of the wide receiver talent that is out there in Mobile this week. And I just wish that the quarterback play had been better so he could have highlighted some of these guys. Because, like, even with uh, Dontavian Wicks, I thought he had another really good day. Now, he's not been the best receiver on any particular day out here in Mobile. But I would say this, man. The American roster has been so stacked at that wide receiver position, he still has not been lost in the shuffle. That says a lot about him. Wick has played well and definitely Rice. But I will say in today's practice, Wick was just as impactful as Rice was, making plays, you know, in team drills. Both of them had them a field day today against the DBs. But I will say, man, I was impressed with Wick, definitely impressed with Rice as well. But both of those two just really played extremely well in today's practice. Darius Davis, he's a guy, Chris, that I thought in the first couple of practices, you know, kind of going on the radar. And you can see that he was getting beating some of these DBs pretty good. Well, I mean, you remember what I told the audience yesterday when it came to this kid and how my guy Julius Brits was one of the first ones to say, hey, I want that assignment because Darius is one of the fastest people at the senior bowl. The guy's electric, so no surprise there. Now, I think he's had an up-and-down week. Better practice there today. But if I would think about one of the receivers that I thought probably stood out a little bit more than Darius, it would probably be Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. Now, he's someone that I hadn't really seen a lot of prior to the Senior Bowl, but I thought that he stood out in practice once again. Just for me, his physicality at the point of making the catch. This is an area for me, when I think about receivers that the Chicago Bears have on the roster, with those drops that they make. Right. I look at a guy like that. I look at that catch radius and the fact that he's strong with his hands. He's pulling the ball in. And that's something you got to be able to do in the NFL, especially when you got guys that are coming in to hit you, that are coming in to do the peanut punch. Yes, I call it the peanut punch because that's what it is. NFL, y'all better fucking do right by that man. That man needs to be in the Hall of Fame because he changed the game forever. Everybody's punching the football out because of him. But anyway. Absolutely. Tangent done. 
My point is, though, is that that's what everybody's doing in the league right now. You got to have a receiver that knows how to be able to get that ball, make those catches in contested areas, keep the ball from being stripped and punched away from him. Jonathan Mingo has shown you that he has that physicality at the point of catch. So I really like the job that he did out there on Thursday. I think you catch and hold on to the football, even when you're getting hit, man. Sure enough, you got those hands. You can take the physicality of the game. I mean, that's pretty good as a wide receiver. He's one of those who actually love to sit in those little holes, two press, even in zones. I know I spoke about other players doing the same, but he knows where to be on the field and he knows how to get open. So when he finds the opening, definitely he will sit there. He will take the contact after he catch it. So for him, he had a good showing today. I'm going to segue over to the offensive line here for the American squad. Now, I know I talked about John Michael Schmitz yesterday. I got to keep talking about it because this guy right here has been the best offensive lineman in Mobile, especially after DeWan Jones exited because of injury. Schmitz has been head and shoulders above every other center out there, and you guys already know what I feel about the centers on that national team. Anyway, <laughs> Schmitz. Love his attitude, love the way he plays, leader. And he's just fun to watch out there, man. Like I told you guys, he's a mountain of a player. He's a mountain of a human being. And, dude, the pancakes and this, the physicality, man, I'm telling you, he's the complete package, man. I would love to see him in the Chicago Bears uniform. Love it. Would love it, love it, love it. He seems to be like one of those individuals who's like a leader on the line, you know? And you can see uh, how happy he is for his teammates. When they make a play, I mean, you just kind of like enjoy watching him play out there. So he is somebody that did stand out for us. He seems like he's like one of those ultimate teammates, you know, that you just love to play with. Well, I got a couple guys on this, and I'm going to get you guys as far on the offensive line. So Wanya Morris, offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Now, he, the first two days in Mobile were up and down for him and more down than up. I thought he looked more comfortable playing a tackle in today's practice. Held his own against some really good edge rushers in practice. And like I said, that's a guy who struggled, but hey, he bounced back. And that's what you're looking for in this senior bowl, right? Everybody's not going to have a great practice every day. Right. Now, everybody's not going to be the best of the best. But what you want to see is how people bounce back from the losses because you're not going to win every round unless you're elite. But you can learn a lot from the losses. Those are things that you can carry on and take with you. And I saw a guy in one game that didn't quit. It could have been easy for him to walk away and quit or, or walk away from the senior bowl with some sort of an injury. He didn't do that. He bounced back, and I respect that. I really do. I, I love that in people that have that determination. In this day and age when people say how easy it is for athletes and players to, to find alternate ways to, to avoid and duck the grind, well, right. William Morris ain't ducking nothing. He didn't duck anything, and I respect that. Kudos to him for a great practice here on Thursday. That's a good call-out, Chris. Good call-out. And the fact that he shows versatility, I mean, that's always a great thing anyway as a lineman, right? So to be able to bounce back from a tough couple of days, Chris, of practice, it just springs bell for him to be able to bounce back like that. So you love someone that can go through some adversity and bounce back from Now, on the defensive line for this American team, now, we talked about Will McDonald yesterday. I think he's been one of the biggest winners as far as the edge rushers are concerned. I mean, just another good day here on Thursday. Explosive, uses his hands well. We don't need to repeat anything. His draft stock has gone up through the roof. I talked to you guys about Dylan Horton from TCU yesterday. The guy's been versatile here at Mobile, inside-outside player. 
I'm talking about, man, he's been making plays. It's not only just pass rushing, but he's been making plays as a run defender as well. Really great job again today. We also talked to you guys about Derek Hall, Auburn yes. University, other edge rusher. Guys got some first round grade hype surrounding him. Another sack, another tackle for loss. The guy continues to make plays out here. One guy, though, at defensive line that I have not talked about this week who really jumped out and really impressed me today was Jalen Redmond. He was very quiet on Wednesday. And it's crazy because the first practice, my man was out here tearing it up. Wednesday quiet, Thursday came back to life. This guy is a nice player on that interior of the line. And i tell you one thing. Every offensive lineman, instead of Schmitz, they couldn't do shit with him on the inside today. Jalen Redman, shine, Frizz. And you love to see how he battles. I mean, because once he get a, a step, Frizz, a little bit of itch, he go for the kill, man. I mean, before we get out of here, I got one more guy that I want to highlight, that linebacker. Arby Miller Jr., Jackson State, one of Coach Prime's players. And I tell you one thing, man, this guy's been consistent all week long. He's putting HBCUs on the map. Sir. And there hasn't been a lot of, like, stand-up guys at the linebacker position, especially on this national team. Arby Miller Jr. has been really solid. I can't wait to see how he looks out there on Saturday to see how it translates to the game. But that group on that side of the field has been relatively quiet. Now, I know if we were to talk about linebackers on the national team side, we talked about Ivan Pace Jr., we talked about Dayon Henley, but really that position, the group as a whole, been relatively quiet. But those are just some names and some guys that Ryan Poles potentially could be looking at. But Aubrey Miller Jr. audience is a guy that intrigues me. He got a motor, man. And the kid, good kid. I can't wait to chat with him on Saturday after the game because I've already got the commitment that he's going to give us a couple minutes. So I'm already looking forward to that. But this kid right here, audience, do some film study on him. You won't be disappointed. And Coach Prime has some really good things to say about him. Yeah, Coach Prime done a good job with this kid, man. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say, friends. Well, audience, we have made it to the end of Senior Bowl practices. Our second year in a row covering this event. A-Dub has been a tremendous opportunity. And I feel like you and I, we took advantage of this opportunity this year. We have dominated this Senior Bowl. You want to talk about who's some standouts? Day one, day two, and day three? Prayers and A-Dub. We got the job done out here in Mobile, Alabama. Can't nobody tell me otherwise. Can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> it was a blessing. It was a pleasure, man, to do this with you, as well as to get a chance to talk to a lot of these players, man. It was dope. Yeah, it was, man. I got a chance to catch up with my boy Aldo again, man. Aldo Gandia. Super smart guy, man. We was over there cracking people up and as we were waiting to line up to get on the field to do our, our post-game or our post-practice <laughs> interviews. You know, you know me, A-Dub. It don't, it don't take much, man, to get me cutting up over there. So No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, I was over there cutting up. I was right behind you two, man. Here you two getting a good joke in, getting some good lives, man. That was dope, bro. Yeah, man, I just love good people, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, like, my boy A-Dub, man. But I just like genuine... Authentic people, man. Aldo, man, he, he's the goods, man. So uh, definitely look forward to uh, collaborating with him in the future. But audience, this concludes our practice portion of our Senior Bowl coverage. However, don't worry. We got one more Senior Bowl episode coming for y'all this weekend. We're going to do a recap of the game. We'll also give you guys some MVPs for both teams for the week as well from practice. So 
Be on the lookout for that last episode. We appreciate your continued support. A-Dub and I are about to get some valuable sleep because this has been a fucking week. Yes, it has, Briz. I can use some Z's. <laughs> well, honest, y'all heard them. I'm going to get up out of here, too. A-Dub, enjoy the day off tomorrow, and I'm going to see you on Saturday, guy. Sir. We out, y'all.